his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and make sure that the wife respects her husband. Amen. Somebody, this is the word of God. Today, on the way to your seat, please tell your neighbor, you need to adjust your position. Amen. Now, that don't mean move. Amen, somebody. Somebody say, well, that means move. That don't mean move. Yeah, we need to adjust our position. so good. And Father, the reality is I can't preach this word without your help. And Lord, the reality is we as a church cannot fulfill this word without your help. Lord, can you be with us? Can you guide us and protect us? We know you will. In Jesus' name we pray. to know that it's obvious what our subject is this morning with you. Our subject this morning is marriage. It's marriage. And I know because I've been there before. But there are those of you right now, you have turned me off. You've gotten on your phone. You've gotten on Facebook looking at YouTube right now because you believe that because you don't have a ring on your finger that this sermon does not apply to you. But what I would say to you is that though you don't have a ring on your finger today, you do not know what God has in store for you on tomorrow. That being said, and I've always said it this way, you do not wait to get an insurance policy on your home after the house floods. You want to get the insurance policy on your home before the house floods so that when the house does flood, you have something to go back to that you can lean on for some stability. I say this to you this morning because just simply because you might not be married right now, this does not mean that marriage is not in your future. And you need to be prepared for the challenges that marriage, not if it will, but the challenges that marriage will present to you and to your spouse. Do I have one or two married folk in here that right now you can help me testify that it ain't always been peaches and cream. But the reality is is that there are some challenges when you say I do. You ready? 
the wedding day, it looks real good, don't it? Amen, somebody. And, and the dress, it looks real good when you put it on in David's bridal or at the tailor. That stuff, it looks real good when you're at men's warehouse. I give you a shout out, my brother. When you're at men's warehouse and you're getting that tuxedo fitted, all that stuff looks good. You're there and you're picking out the flowers. You're picking out the colors. You're making sure everybody has uh, uh, matching colors and making sure everybody is on time. You got the wedding planner. But let me be real clear right here. I got to help somebody. Don't spend more time planning your wedding than you do planning your marriage. Because many of us, many of us, we spend a year, two years planning 30 minutes of our lives. But we have spent perhaps one week planning the rest of our marriage. Amen, somebody. So I tell you this morning, take note, file this away. And I'm here also to tell you that you might be in here this morning, and my wife and I, we experienced this. Tell you this too. You might have turned me off because you're single, but there's another group that could have turned me off. And another group that could have turned me off is the group that your marriage is going downhill. And you believe that there is no hope. And the reality is, the only reason the papers have not been filed yet is because you ain't got the money, amen, somebody, to file the paperwork. But you need to know that God has the power to bring a husband back to his wife, to bring a wife back to her husband, and to restore the love that you had when you looked across from him and her, and you said, through sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, till death do we part. Amen. Somebody, let's, let's get into it. Listen, listen, this text that we are looking at this morning, it falls on the backdrop of what we finished talking about last year. And what we finished last year talking about is what are the effects of a child of God being filled with the Spirit? Y'all remember Paul. Paul said, do not get drunk with wine. Let me say that one more time. Okay, you know, amen over here. Do not get drunk with wine. For that is excess. But allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit. And then Paul begins to give the participles attached to the verb of being filled. The participles are when you and I are filled with the Spirit, there will then be some changes in our behavior. Let me be clear right here. It is impossible for you to be filled with God's Spirit and there be no changes in your everyday behavior. When you are filled with the Spirit, there are some participles that will begin to happen. What's number one? Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody. Y'all got that now? In your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always in all things. So y'all got that now? Yeah, there are some effects. But Paul didn't stop in verse number 21. Paul continues talking about some effects of the Spirit. You know what Paul says? Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Paul says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. Do y'all get it now? That is, Paul says, one of the effects of the Spirit is that when a wife is filled with the Spirit of God, she will now be able to do more easily what
what is naturally difficult for her to do. And that is the wife will submit herself to her husband. Men, here you come. And when a husband is filled with God's spirit, he will now be enabled and have the power or ability to do what he was unable to easily do before he had the spirit. And that is, he will now be empowered to love his wife properly. Y'all not feeling me. Can I help you understand some husband, husband and wives? Let me be clear. Sometimes in your relationship, here's what you got to begin to ask yourself. Why is there so much tension? Why is there so much bitterness? Why does it seem like there's more arguing than there is rejoicing? Let me be real clear right here. Oftentimes it has to do with this. The husband is not loving the wife right, so she refuses to submit. But then the wife is not loving the husband right, so he refuses to love. Y'all getting this? To love. Paul says when the wife submits, the natural reaction of the husband is to love. And when the husband loves, the natural reaction of the wife is to submit. It is not one person doing everything. But it is both people doing their part. And when they do their part, you will now have a healthy a healthy relationship. Let me, let me go here next. For this sermon to really do what it needs to do, I need to ask you again. When I mention the word submit, I know at least one or two scriptures in here. Amen, somebody. Uh, took issue with what the Bible, not Brother Ross, but what the Bible had to say. When I said, husbands, love your wife, I know it was at least one or two brothers that took issue with what I had to say, what the Bible had to say. Let me, let's start here. For this message to do what the Spirit wants it to do, we are going to have to rid ourselves of tension. Because here's the truth. The truth is, there are some of us as men that we did not grow up, number one, even with a daddy in the house. Amen, somebody. And we are now men trying our best to love our wives, but we did not have a male example to teach us what that looks like. There are some of us in here, we're men. And daddy said that he loved mama. But we also found out years later that daddy had a side chick, amen, somebody, on the other side of town. Amen, amen, it is what it is. Papa was a, amen, somebody, amen, amen, there it is. Okay, amen. But not only that, sisters, be careful. Because I want to be clear. When I'm talking about submit, there have been some, some sisters, some Christian women, that have taken the word submit to mean that when mama showed me to submit, that means that she became daddy's doormat. Amen, somebody. Not only that, but, but, but listen, I hear you talking about that submit stuff, but mama told me long time ago, you don't submit to no man. Amen, somebody. 
Because when you submit to a man, he'll run you over, he'll mistreat you, he'll do you wrong. And let me be clear on something else. And you better leave what Leroy told you in the barber shop. Amen, somebody. You better leave what Buck told you when he was working on your car. Leave that out there with Buck. Because when we are talking about, when we are talking about marriage, I'm not talking about necessarily what you've always seen. I'm not talking about what you've always heard. But when I talk about marriage, I'm talking about Christian marriage. That is one man. And one woman, I'm not talking about no side chick. I'm not talking about no sugar daddy. I'm talking about one man who has committed himself to one woman. And the head of their relationship is Jesus Christ. Are are y'all with me now? Amen. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Now, Paul says, look at him, look at him. Uh, Paul says, look look back at verse number 22. Paul says, When a wife is filled with the spirit, the wife will adjust her rank towards her husband. When a wife is filled with the spirit, the wife will adjust her rank towards her husband. Now, let me tell you what I am saying about what I am not saying. Get rid of the cultural definition. Submission is not inferiority. Submission, rather, is an opportunity to express and give honor through the headship of your husband. So, number one, I am not saying submission, nor is the scripture saying submission is inferior. It it makes you an inferior person. Not only that, let me say this. Submission in this text is an active term, not a passive term. Which means if it was passive, that means that it's something that that was being done to you. When it's active, it means that it's something that you do yourself. So when Paul says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband, Paul is saying, wife, can't nobody, including your husband, make you submit to him. Husbands, that was a word for you. Amen, somebody. You and I cannot force our wives. There's a brother right now saying, amen, brother Ross. I've been trying. Amen, somebody. (laughs) Amen. I knew I was right. Amen. But you and I, you cannot, nor should you. Force your wife to submit to you. Not only that, let me say it this way. The wife submits for two purposes. I promise you, church, we're going to get good here in a second. The wife submits for two purposes. Number one, she submits because of her husband's headship. Y'all get that? That's why the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Watch it. As the church does to Christ. Because Christ is the head, y'all got that, of the church, which is the body. And he presupposes that, watch it, when you realize that Christ is the head of the church and the church is the body of Christ, he says the same relationship should exist among married people. Can I be clear right now? Let me be clear. Let me say this from the outset. When unbelievers look at your marriage, They should see a mirror in. 
Christ in the church. Let me say it one more time. When non-believers look at a husband and wife, they should see the church not because they've come to the church, but because they see the headship of the husband and they see the submission of the wife. Are y'all kind of getting this now? Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go deeper. Not only is she submitting because of his headship, but she's also submitting secondarily because of Jesus's lordship. That is, he says, wives, submit unto your husband, watch it, as to the Lord. Wait, he is not saying you submit to your husband the way you submit to the Lord. I want to be clear on that. Amen, somebody. He is saying, uh, Colossians chapter number three, he is saying when a wife submits to her husband, what she is doing, it is pleasing and acceptable to God. Y'all got that? Amen. Amen. Now, now. Submission. Submission. Yeah. Submission. Um, you need to know that submission, church, it's a military term. Yes. A military. It's a military term. That when the Apostle Paul wrote this, he was thinking of a military Somebody say hupo. That was three of you. One more time. Somebody say hupo. Say tasso. There you go. That's the word. The Greek word for submit is the compound word hupo. Tasso. Can I help you understand that? Tasso, it means to draw up in order in battle. Are y'all getting this? To draw up, to get in line because you're going to battle. But hupo means to arrange yourself under. Y'all getting that? So as we go to battle, me, wife, I arrange myself under. Are y'all getting that? Hupo tasso. Now, let me help you. Sister Ross, let me help me encourage you. Amen, somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's mine right there. Amen. It is what it is. Amen. I ain't got to get nobody else. Here she come. Amen. All right, here we go. Now, now, what did I tell you? It's what? It's hupo what? Tasso. And you use this term where? In the military. Why is it a military term? Because in the military, you go out for battle. Are y'all following this? You go out for battle. And when you go out for battle, you got to make sure that you are in hupo tasso. We got to get in order according to our rank. Are, are y'all following this now? you got to get in order according to your rank. Here's the difference. In our military, the most important don't go first. The generals come in last. But in God's economy, watch what happens. He says the husband is the head of the wife. And the wife submits to the husband. That means, family, here it is. In marriage, in relationships, it is not me against the world. It is us against the enemy. Are y'all getting this now? Watch it. And as a man, me being the head, are you ready? As a man, my job is to get in front. Amen, somebody. I'm a real man. Amen, somebody. It is what it is. 
My responsibility is to get in front. Do you know why? Because the enemy is out there. And so I get in front and I say, baby, it's okay. Let's, we can go a little bit further. Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, watch this. Well, Brother Ross, what you trying to say? You trying to say we left saying we can't fight, we can't do nothing? No. Because you know what happens as a man, brother, help me testify. As a man leading, it gets tired. It weighs on you when you're a real leader. It, 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 it's, a, it's a burden that you have to daily carry. And what you need is a hoopo pastor that's whispering in your ear. Boy, keep on going. Amen, somebody. Boy, 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 you can keep on moving. Boy, you can keep, you can keep on. Uh, baby, I'm ready to give up. He said, no, you ain't giving up. You need to keep on pushing, boy. Boy, keep on going. But why do I need a hoopo tassel? I need a hoopo tassel because the reality is all I can do is lead and look this way. But when I have a hoopo tassel, when I'm leading this way, she making sure that my, y'all get your amen, somebody, amen, somebody. So as we go through life, guess what's happening? I'm leading, I'm leading, but as I am leading, my wife, number one, is my cheerleader. But number two, she watching my back. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Are y'all getting this now? It is a hoopo tasso. Amen, amen. Hey, Ray, Ray. Hey, Ray, Ray. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Ross. I pre- yeah, yeah, that's a hoopo. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen. And th- listen, here's the reality. It is not the question of who is more important. We both are important. Man, I can't go, man, look, all the stuff I deal with at work every day, I can't go through it by myself. I need a hoopo tassel, amen, somebody, a hoopo tassel, amen, amen. Why do you see the blessing of being a hoopo tassel, amen, somebody, a hoopo tassel in yourself and saying, boy, I'm your motivation, amen, somebody, oh, Lord, have mercy. When you're down and out, I'm going to be the one to give you some encouragement. When you don't want to go no more, I'll be your strength. Amen. I wish I had one or two men that had a wife like I got. Amen. Years ago, years ago, listen, y'all think I'm playing with you, but years ago when I was pursuing my, my master's degree, there were so many times, you ready? I didn't want to go anymore. I was ready to give up, but I had a wife at home. Amen, somebody. Amen. 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 Listen, hoopo. It's not about who is more important. But it's, and, and let me say this to you. Let me say this. Now, I've told you, with the feminist movement, I've told you guys, there is, there's one piece that I have issue with. But there's another piece I have no issue with and I agree with. If a woman works at the post office and does the same job a man does, that woman deserves equal pay for equal work. Amen, somebody. Amen, some. Amen. That is what it is. I believe that. But I will say this. This is what I have against it. The idea that a woman can do anything a man can do. I don't disagree with it because I think it's false. I disagree with it because it goes against the principle of God. Let me explain why. 
God sees Adam in the garden by himself. And God says, Adam, it's not good that you're down there by yourself, so I am going to give you a help me. Y'all follow that? To help you, Adam, God, to help me do what? To help you do what you know you ain't no good at doing. Amen, 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 somebody, amen, somebody. A help me. And that is why God has given us a help me family. It's not about importance. It is about your role. We are equal in Christ Jesus. But we have different roles. Y'all got that? In Christ Jesus. So number one, wives, wives, submit. Husband, you ready? But when the wives submit, he says, husbands, you will adjust your actions towards your wives. Let me start by saying this. God gives the husband leadership to serve, not to lord over. Leadership is given to serve your wife, not to lord over your wife. Y'all got that? Okay, all right. Listen, listen. Paul says, husbands, here is your example. means Paul is not saying husbands say that you love her. He says husbands you need to show her that you love her. Did y'all get that? Amen. A wife should have said amen right there. There it is. Uh, Husbands you show her that you love her. Ross, Paul, help me understand how I show my wife that I love her. You love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Ross, how did Christ love the church? He loved the church because he gave himself for her, to sanctify her, to cleanse her by the washing of water with the word that he might present unto himself a Glory, Lord. Okay, all right. Let me let me just help you understand that. Let me get, help you get that. Paul says, number one, husbands, here's what you do. You have to love your wife sacrificially. Amen. You love your wife sacrificially. You know what that means? Let me be clear. When I talk about leadership, now I, I just got to be clear about this. Husbands, leadership does not mean that you over everything. Okay, um, let me say it one more time. Let me, let me be clear. Okay, let, can I give you an example of what I'm talking about? My bride, my bride has been able to mentally calculate percentages since she was in kindergarten. This girl's mama, her mama is an accountant, and this, she has been doing difficult math since she was a child. And when I got with her, I soon realized Ashley is excellent with numbers. Now, what sense does it make 
all the money come up in here. Amen, somebody. Come through me. I make the money decisions up in here. And God is saying, boy, do you know what you're missing? That I gave you, amen, somebody. Lord, know my weaknesses. And I gave you somebody that does well in mathematics. But why don't you let this girl, amen. Y'all got that now? Amen, amen. Amen, amen. But that's knowing your wife's strength, and she knows your weaknesses, and you guys have to complement one another. Husband, it's not about it's not about domination, it's about delegation. Amen. Amen. You gotta delegate some stuff, man. You can't handle this stuff all on your own. You know good and well that your wife is an awesome person with numbers. Let her do your taxes. Why in the world you sitting there at the computer got a headache, amen, somebody, blood pressure sky high, I'm going to figure this thing out. And she said, y'all know y'all women, and she's sitting back there like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's what, that what you get, amen, 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 okay? Listen, but husband, I got some for you, listen. Most of all, that is spiritually. Yes, he does. You, as the husband, are to be the head, not in one avenue or arena in your life, but you are supposed to be the spiritual foundation, the spiritual teacher inside of your home. And let me be clear, God will hold you and I accountable. Let's go, let's, let me go, let me go one more and you're going you're gonna to shut it down. Listen. Uh, Ross, I hear you. What's the use? number one, sacrificing of himself. You ready? Everything in Jesus' ministry that he did, he did not do for his own benefit, but he had somebody else in mind while he was doing it. Husband, I understand there are some things you want to do. I understand there are some things in which you want to accomplish. But you need to understand that your first priority, number one, is to God. And secondarily, husband, your second priority should be directly to your spouse. Amen, somebody. Okay, now, now, now let me be clear with this. Christ, everything he did, it was in sacrifice. Watch it. To see his church mature. Let me say that one more time. Christ, who is he representative of? The husband. Everything the husband, Christ, does, it is to see the bride, his wife, mature. What does the husband do to make sure his wife matures? He gives himself. Y'all get that? Number two, watch what else he does. After he gives himself, he says, now, why does he give himself? He gives himself so that he might cleanse her. Lord, have mercy. Okay, get this clean. Um, in Jewish, Jewish wedding ceremonies, Jewish wedding ceremonies, the bride, four days, four days before 
called the wedding. The bride would go through what was called ritualistic cleansing. Ritualistic cleansing. What she would do is there was a, a big pool, and the wife would go down into this pool, and the wife, she would clean herself. She would wash herself. She would ceremonially clean herself. Watch it. So that when she presents herself to her husband on the wedding day, she presents herself in all of her beauty and her glory. Are y'all getting this? So what does the wife do? She cleaned herself, and she cleanses herself so that on the wedding day, she might present herself as beautiful as she possibly could be. Watch the text. The Bible says, husband, you cleanse your wife. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Watch it. You, husband, cleanse your wife. Ross, how? By the washing of water with the word. Did y'all catch that? Amen, somebody. So what he's saying is, husband, your responsibility as a husband is to cleanse your wife with the word of God. Why, Ross? Why do we go through all this? You invest on the front side because of what you're going to get on the back side. You put in the work up, up front because of what you're going to get on the back side. Ross, what am I going to get as a husband when you invest in her? When you pour into her, when you spirit, when you allow her and, and help her to become spiritually mature, here's what's going to happen. As you do that, you are cleansing her and you are washing her. Watch it. So that you might present unto yourself. Y'all getting this now? A glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing. So my responsibility as the leader, as the head, is to make sure, watch it that I present my wife back to God in better condition than he gave her, her to me. Lord, have, ain't nobody say nothing. I'll say, amen, Ross, that is. Amen, somebody. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's your job, husband. Your job is that on the day of judgment, when the Lord calls you home, you can say, God, here she goes. And I am giving her back to you in better condition than you gave her to me. Amen, somebody. Amen. That is, that is the goal. That is the goal. Husbands, listen to me. Man, listen to me. You have to invest in your wife. Ain't no husband say amen. Sister, can you help them? Amen. You have to invest. Brothers, I know you at work. I know you work hard, don't you? You work 50 hours a week, overtime and everything else. Amen. They ain't got to ask you to work overtime. You looking for overtime. My question is not how much overtime you're putting on the job. My question is how much time are you giving your wife? Amen, somebody. Can I ask you this question? Are you studying with your wife? Are you praying with your wife? Are you ensuring that your wife will be in better condition when you give her back to God? than she is when you have not. Husbands, that is our, that is our responsibility. That is what we are supposed to do. We are to love our wives as Christ has loved his church. Wives, be clear about this. We can't make you. We won't even try. 
responsibility of a wife is to adjust her ways. You the leader. You're the head. And I'm going to let you be the head. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you be the head. You go ahead and be the head and submit. Or maybe you don't. Preacher, I hear what you're saying. I'm not going to, I ain't going to let nobody. No, I ain't, I don't, no, I don't, I don't disagree. I just don't agree with all that. Let me be real clear. There is no more beautiful picture than when you see a man who loves God being the head of his family and you see a woman that loves God. Amen, somebody. Amen. A woman that loves God submitting herself to her husband. Well, Brother Ross, I've been married 15 years and we still going. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. I, I appreciate you for saying that. Listen, years ago, y'all, I had a car. And y'all owned this car. The car would drive. But family, it was something wrong with one of the tie rods on the car. So when I was driving the car, you ready? All of a sudden, the car would get scooted to the right-hand lane. Y'all, y'all following your man from now. You let go of the steering wheel, that's on you. Scoot right into the right-hand lane. The car worked. But if I kept driving it like that, I was going to get nailed. I'm telling you this morning. Your marriage, it lasted for 15 years. But I didn't ask you how long your marriage has been going. I asked you, is your marriage still going in a straight line? Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. If you're here this morning, you're here this morning, and the spirit, the spirit is convicting you. The spirit is convicting you that I, as a husband, I need to be that way. I need to be the leader. If there's no way in the world my wife wakes up, amen, somebody, and, and this, amen, amen, and, and, and some of us, we grew up in this situation. Some of us can testify that the only reason we, we, we know the Lord is because we had a mama, amen, somebody, that kept us tight with the Lord while daddy stayed at home. Amen, somebody, amen. It is what it is. Husbands, you are the head. Wives, you, you are to submit. If you're here this morning and the spirit is convicting you that I need to be that way. I need to be that way. Now that I know what God expects of me, now I know what God wants from me. Now I need to be better, but I don't think I can do this by myself. You're correct. And what we're going to do is that we are about to pray. And we're going to pray for those that know that they need God to help them in their marriages and in their relationships. You're here this morning and you think it's over. Brother Ross, we've done everything but turn the papers in. Brother Ross, we've done everything. Uh, uh, we really, we just roommates. Ain't no love there. There's nothing there. We just roommates now. God can bring that marriage back together again. Amen, somebody. Listen, you're here this morning. You're not a Christian. Through faith, repentance, confession, baptism, you can become a child of God. If you're here this morning, if you want to be a better man, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You go down to the barbershop, you tell Leroy and Buck all your problems, come down here and tell Jesus all your problems. Amen, somebody. You go to the beauty shop, you tell Shaniqua, Saquon, uh, Shanae, uh, Renika, you tell all of them your problems, come and tell Jesus your problems. But at least you know somebody going to pray that can get your prayer to the throne room of God. Amen, somebody. Whatever your decision is this morning, we, we bid you to come right now as we together stand and sing the song chosen by our worship leader. God bless you, Ashley. Give me this mountain.